In this episode, we are discussing dreams. We talk about some history, some theories, and even give you some great tips for interpreting your dreams. Hi, I'm Heather Wood, and I'm an intuition and ego expert. And I'm Jamie Hayhurst, and I'm an energy healer. We're both passionate about smashing the patriarchy, integrity in the spiritual world, and social justice. This is the Intuitive Girl's Guide. Hey, Jamie, we're back at season three. I'm so excited. Yay! So happy. Did you ever imagine when we started this journey that we would be we would have more than 30K listens and be in season three with like 50 plus episodes? (laughs) I mean, I had always hoped that, yes, but for it to be a reality, it's amazing. It's really exciting. And um, I was going to do a cheesy segue here, but I'll spare everybody. We're going to talk about dreams today. And I was going to say, this is like a dream come true for us. (laughs) (laughs) We're the podcast of your dreams. We are. We are. We're the podcast of our dreams. <laughs> Anyways. That's true. That's true. <laughs> All right. So dreams is this big, complicated, really effing cool concept to talk about. Yeah. And so I want to go into the parts that I find interesting. And I want to I wanna discuss because there's so much we don't know about dreams. Okay. Which makes me excited. <laughs> Exactly. Okay. I'm going to give you the the actual official definition of a dream, and I want you to tell me what you think of it. Okay? okay. So it is the succession of images, ideas, emotions, and sensations that usually occur involuntarily in the mind during certain stages of sleep, mainly during the REM stage of sleep. Okay. That sounds like a very standard muggle definition, but yes, I'm on board. That was exactly my feeling. I felt I, when I read that, I was like, way to undersell one of the coolest parts of the human experience. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. One profound experience. Um, So I thought I would, I would start out with some fun facts, talk about a few theories. Um, I also want to give some like cultural background on dreams. Um, and then I want to talk a little bit about like interpreting dreams because I think, I think that's fascinating. You know, I love that. I mean, that's the part that everyone wants to know about is what does it mean? Yes, exactly right. Okay. So let's, let's do some fun facts first. Okay. I tried to pick ones that I purposely was like, I'm going to pick ones that I think Jamie will like. <laughs> okay. Nice. I can't wait. Okay. So the first fun fact I have is that the average person spends about six years of their life dreaming. Wow. That's incredible. That's so much. That's a long, long time. Yeah. So the, just the idea that it's just a like random succession of images that's happening. That's like, that is consuming six years of your life and it's, it doesn't have any meaning. I can't, I can't buy that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I'm not sold on that. Okay. The average person has between three to five dreams a night. That, I believe. You know what I thought when I read that? What? I was like, that's it? 
<laughs> yeah. Well, I think some people say they never dream. I never dream. I never remember it. And some people remember every single, like what seemingly second of it. Yeah. I, I don't feel like I remember every single second of my dreams, but every time I wake up, I'm very aware that I was just dreaming. Do you know what I mean by that? Yeah. Same. Okay. Um, my next one is that you remember your dreams better if you are awoken during REM. Yep. Okay. That makes sense. So if you wake up cause you have to pee, um, when we talk about lucid dreaming in the next episode, you know, some people set an alarm to help them lucid dream better that will wake them up during REM and have them fall back to sleep. So okay. there's a lot of, if you are awoken just from your dream, uh, because your dream's so intense that you'll actually remember it way better instead of like moving through the other stages of sleep before you wake up. Yep. That makes sense. All right. This one is really, I found this one really interesting. Babies spend almost half of their sleep dreaming. Oh, really? And the elderly spends less than one fifth of their sleep dreaming. Why? I don't know. So as you get older, you dream less. Oh, I know. (laughs) It's a bummer. Maybe it's because you're living so many of your dreams that you just don't have to dream as much. (laughs) Oh, that's a nice way to put a spin on it. (laughs) I tried. Your mind is more active during a dream than when you're awake. Really? Yeah. Really? That's interesting because you're supposed to be resting. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think that people think of sleep as this very like passive uh, thing to do. Like I'm just going to go and like everything shuts off. And then when I wake up, I'm going to keep going. But sleep is not at all passive. Sleep is like, what's the opposite? Like a dynamic activity. Like sleep is something that you're actively doing. It's just that you're physically shutting down a bit. Right. Well, and that's my kids hate the fact that I'm always like, you have to sleep because that's when you heal. That's when you grow. That's when you (laughs) like, that's when your body processes everything. I mean, so you're right. It is a very active state, you know, Mm -hmm. biologically. Yeah. And, and if you are like me and you are like in recovery from tying your worth to productivity, (laughs) Uh you know that one of the most productive things you could possibly do is sleep. I agree with you. It's absolutely productive. Yeah. Okay. You can only dream of people or things that you have seen. This one gets me every time you say it. (laughs) I think it's really interesting because it's sort of, um, I think you're told that you should be like using your imagination and you like, you should be dreaming up new things. And so the idea that it's tied to something that you've already seen or witnessed, I think is a little um, confusing. Yeah. And I think that I can maybe offer some help with that. Your subconscious picks up on way more stuff than your conscious mind. So if you're walking around in a, in a big crowd of people, for example, your subconscious noticed all of them and registered everyone's face. And then your conscious mind got like, let's say there was a hundred people, your conscious mind maybe registered four. 
So enough for you to remember, you know what I mean? And then you kept going, but your subconscious, anyone you glanced at caught and knows. So you're, you're dreaming of somebody and you're like, I have never seen their face before you have, you just didn't consciously register it. Does that make sense? Yeah, that does make sense. You also can combine people. So like you could combine a movie star and the guy down the street and like they could become sort of one weird person in your dream. Oh, that happens to me all the time. Or like, like I'll be like with one person and then I turn around and it's another person, but in my dream, they're the same person. They didn't change. Exactly. Exactly. Or, or like a character just is like recast in the middle of a dream somewhere and you're like, what? Right. Right. Um, okay. You can't read anything in dreams, like writing. You can't even read a clock in a dream. I can speak other languages though. Is those related? Because that's pretty badass. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here. Jamie can speak other languages in her dreams. Which ones in particular? Are there like certain ones or is it just anyone you want to speak? I remember speaking French in a dream or thinking I, I mean, I'm probably, probably not accurately, but I was speaking French in a dream once. I know that. I don't know about other ones though. Did you take French in school? No, I took Latin. Oh, so it really was just like. Totally. Yeah. Making it up. <laughs> where it was like past life and your subconscious remembers or something. Could be. I like that. So sometimes people are, am I awake or am I asleep? And if you're, you're trying to figure that out, try to read something in your dream. And if you can't read it, you are asleep. That part of your brain is just not turned on. Interesting. Mm-hmm. You also can't see yourself in a mirror in a dream. So sort of like that vampire thing where they can't see themselves in a mirror. You cannot see your own reflection. You can't see your, your physical self in a dream. Really? Why? Yeah. I have no idea. It's <laughs> weird. I know. I know. Is that where the vampire lore comes from? The funny thing about that question is that I Googled that. Um, Cause you oh. know that I go down many rabbit holes as I research anything. And that was one of them. And I couldn't, I couldn't find, I saw, I saw some people like asking that question as well, but I couldn't find anything about it. Well, that's like every mythological thing that we think about in this culture or any culture comes from, I would say comes from some part of our subconscious. I agree. Yeah. That's really interesting. Yeah. All right. My next one is that 12% of people dream in black and white. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm not one of them. No, me neither. But I have, I have seen videos and TikToks and things of people being like, wait, what you dream in color? Like really surprised. So I think that's interesting. That's very interesting. Mm -hmm. And the majority of people who dream in black and white are older. So they think that there's some influence of the kind of media that you input. So like if you're used to what like dreaming is, unless you're lucid dreaming is pretty passive. So like if you're used to watching like black and white TV or black and white movies, they think that that might have made some people dream in black and white more, but they don't know why that's just a theory. Wow. That's Mm -hmm. interesting. Um, And then my last fun fact for you is that 8% of people have sleep paralysis, which is the inability to move um, while you're asleep. And then you get stuck when you're in the state between sleep and awake, you get stuck there and you get sleep paralysis. Yep. I don't ever remember this happening to me, but it sounds terrifying. 
Yes. I am one of the 8% of people who frequently gets sleep paralysis. Right. Exactly. You, yeah. yeah. And I think the more that you're involved in sort of the, whatever we want to call this, the spiritual community, the intuitive community, you're going to hear more people that have that happen to them because they're more likely to shift between states, I think. Right. Yeah. I think for, for the people who the lines are blurry in everything, I would put myself in that category. Not so much the people who like actually pull themselves to a different place to pull information, but for people who like feel the information kind of all the time, I think that it tracks and makes sense that like when you're sort of in between different states asleep, that that would be like your body would have a little trouble distinguishing which was which. Right. Yeah. That makes a ton of sense. Yeah. All right. I now have three theories that I would like to present to you about dreams and what they mean and what's going on. Okay. And I would like your thoughts. There's way more than three theories, you guys. The thing, the cool thing about dreams is that nobody really can pinpoint exactly what's happening. So there's so many different cool theories about like what's going on while you're dreaming. So I thought I would present you with three that I thought were discussion worthy. Okay. All right. So the first one is called the psychoanalytical theory. Mm -hmm. And this is that dreams represent unconscious desires, wish fulfillment, and personal conflicts. Yep. I'm on board with that. Yeah. I believe that those are part of a dream. Yeah. Sure. Absolutely. Okay. The second one is called activation synthesis theory. And that is that dreams are a byproduct of your brain trying to process random signals from your limbic system. I can get on board with that one too, to a certain extent. Yeah. I think that could have an influence on your dreams. Yeah. Yeah. I would and then the whole thing. Exactly. I spoiler alert. I think that about all of these. <laughs> um, <laughs> the last one is, Dreams provide, oh, it's called the continual activation theory. And it's that dreams provide a place to hold moments while they transition from short-term memory to long-term memory. Okay. Yes. I agree with that one also. Okay. So these theories are presented as this is the one explanation for what dreams are, each of them. And there, like I said, there are so many more, but what I found interesting about these three, like pretty well-known theories is that I think that all of them are true. Right. Agreed. I don't think one thing is causing you to dream. I think that while you're dreaming, all of these things and more things are influencing you and causing you to have hallucinations, which is what dreams are. Right. Yeah, I agree. Mm -hmm. Let's talk a little bit about the cultural element to dreams. Like let's look back in history and see what, the people I think smarter than us thought about dreams. Okay. The earliest recording of a dream, it can be traced back to the third millennium BCE in Mesopotamia. They were written on slabs. Okay. It's a long time ago. And then a thousand years later, there was an Egyptian dream book written. Wow. So here's the thing that I would like to make a point about this <laughs> Back then, you to to record something on a slab, like just picture that for a second. Like picture how long that took, how many resources it took, like to to be like this is significant to remember. People were well, doing this with dreams. They weren't just, you know, quickly writing in the dream journal next to their bed that took two seconds. They were 
<laughs> they were carving it into a rock. Right. So it was, they deemed it to be worthy of their time and effort. Exactly my point. It was clearly, clearly they really understood that these were important, that dreams were an important thing. Yeah, exactly. I think that's a very noteworthy point. Yes. So there's a couple of things or this in Egyptian culture that I thought were really interesting. And this is like the ancient Egyptian culture. They placed such a high importance on dreams. They believed that the dream world existed between the land of the living and the other side, which would be like the world of deities and spirits, the dead, like all of that. So they believed that the, that you were going to a different quote unquote world. And that was the world in between sort of living and whatever is beyond that. Yeah. I'm sort of on board with that too. I love that theory. Yeah. Okay. Dream incubation was a thing in um, Egypt and Mesopotamia and Greece. Um, You can find it in Hebrew texts. I could have listed even more cultures where dream incubation was a thing. And so basically in all these cultures, people would go to a temple and they would do a ritual in order to receive a prophetic dream when they went to sleep. So they were using dreams more as like sort of like connection to the divine, but almost like sort of an oracle or something like that. They were using it to get answers and and, in the different cult, like it would depend with the different cultures. They would be going for all these different reasons. They might want to know, like, how should I plant my crops for this year? Or what's going on with this health condition I have or someone else I know has? Anything you could imagine, future, past, present, physical, mental, spiritual, emotional, people were, whatever the issue was, they would go and do this to get some guidance on it. You know what I love about this is that, like, they thought that they were going to this outside source but they were actually going inward and looking for their own counsel on that. And I, I love that journey for them. Like that's incredible. And you know, that brings up a really awesome point in that if you go back to culture before organized religion and patriarchal religion, that's how you were, that's how you connected to God or the divine or to whatever deity you saw. It was through journeying to yourself and, and only time of patriarchal religion did that become something outside of yourself so I think it's actually more natural to think of it that way yeah I think you always went internally or you went you went to your community and as a community you you connected and then we lost that we did for sure um all right so in Native American culture um it was considered dream space is a very sacred space yes now I would like to put an asterisk here because I have been educated about referring to a native to native american culture so i would like to state something that i have learned let's hear it yes i have learned that many people who are of different tribes of native american culture don't actually like it when we lump all native american culture into one group okay because there are so many different tribes with so many different beliefs. And so when you just say something like, in, like I just did in Native American culture, this, and I am definitely guilty of doing that. So I want to be a little bit more aware of it. And I will say that in the way that I researched it, this, and I looked up different tribes specifically and like really tried to go deeper with it. And it seemed pretty universal to me that most different Native American tribes 
found dream space to be like a very sacred space to be in. So I do want to say I did go that step further and I, I might still be saying it wrong, but I, I do understand that. Does that make sense? That's an excellent point to raise. And I think it makes a, a ton of sense. Mm-hmm. So there yeah. you go. All right. Thank you, Heather. <laughs> Anytime. Um, in Aboriginal Australian culture, they actually believe that all existence is a dream and they call them night dreams, which I really like. And they said that those were a way to access the plane of existence, otherwise known as the creation plane, and connect with spirit and the universe. Wow. I like that. Yeah. It's just a night dream. Everything's a dream. That's the night dream. Right. Oh. You're awake during the daydream. Oh, the daydreaming. Yes. And I was in in all of these cultures that I was looking up, all the different ancient cultures, I went beyond. And you guys, I didn't cover it nearly enough. I just didn't want to like bore everyone with every single culture. Go look into your own culture for sure. It's fascinating. But I couldn't find one that did not think looking back on your dreams would give you information that was helpful to your life. Every single one felt that way. Right. Right. Of course. And that makes sense. Yeah. All right. So... I think we should take a break and come back and talk about interpreting dreams and the importance of it and what that, what that can look like. What do you think? Yeah, this is the good stuff. So let's take a break and then we'll get into the thick of it. Okay. Sounds good. We'll be right back after this short break. So it's season three of the podcast and there were a few things that are a little bit different. Yep. We're all growing. We're all changing. So I cut my hair. Looks incredible. Thank you. Jamie, you now have curly hair. I'm doing the curly girl method and I love it. It looks incredible. But something else has changed that we we really need to talk about. I'm, I'm really surprised it's not on the news, to be honest. It's sort of earth shattering for any of our listeners. This might come as a shock to you. <laughs> Tell them what it is, Jay. Well, you all know from our previous ads for Restoration Coffee that I was a loyal drinker of a large, hot Rachel with oat milk latte, right? That was my go-to. But listen, times are changing. We're all up-leveling here. We're all moving into 5D. We have different hairstyles. And it turns out (laughs) that my now preferred drink of choice is a large iced page latte. So however you're evolving in your life and moving on, you need great coffee. So go ahead to Restoration Coffee if you're local. If not, go order some beans and it'll help in the process. Don't you think, Jay? Yep. Love it. Love Resto. Visit restoration-coffee.com. Jay, before we get back to regularly scheduled programming, I thought for this season, we could introduce a little segment into our podcast. Yes, I think we need this segment. I think the people need the segment. (laughs) We would love to hear your feedback on it. Jamie and I are excited about it. But what this little segment is, what we are obsessed with this week. (laughs) That's just a working Working title. Working title. <laughs> there are some things that we just need to talk about and we got to get it off our chest. And we're probably pretty sure that you are thinking about it a lot too. So we're just going to address it. Exactly right. So I have been 
obsessed with something lately. <laughs> Jamie, Jamie is well aware of it to the point that my husband's like, maybe we could talk about this a little less. <laughs> right. But it's, you're also not alone. Everyone else is talking about this, but you and I, I mean, I'm only following you down the path, but you have, <laughs> you have sort of forged your own thought path with this. And it's something I think we need to bring up to the people. Okay. So the thing that I am obsessed with that I send Jamie way too many TikToks about slash texts about my own thoughts and feelings uh, is Britney Spears. Yes. I mean, somebody help Britney Spears. I have so many thoughts and big emotions about Britney Spears. And I come from a place of a deep love for Britney Spears. Yes. Um, And watching her go through what she's going through brings up so much for me about feminism, about mental health and the stigma that we place on, on people who struggle with mental health. You take celebrity. Yes. Especially celebrity. When you and I were growing up, Jay, where there was no line between celebrity persona and their personal life anymore. Mm -mm. Our girl was a big victim to these things. Yep. And still currently, I mean, was, is, and probably for a while is going to continue to be a victim of it. We, and we did her dirty. Yep. So there's a lot of things I could say about this. We could do a whole episode on Britney Spears. I can't imagine that anybody wants to hear me talk about Britney Spears for an hour, just judging by how my family and friends feel about me continuously talking about her, but you guys can let us know. (laughs) But what I will say is this. I have a theory of what's going on and I'm going to share it with you. And I would love to hear what my fellow intuitive people think of this. Yes. You have to share it. Okay. I, I'm fall. I follow her on all social media platforms and have for a long time and for a long time have been watching going, this is not her posting. This is not the right match of energy to what's being written and what the pictures are this is not Brittany. And then as this stuff's been unfolding and she's been coming into like starting to fight the conservatorship and all of this stuff. And everyone's like, Oh look, it's really her. Now I'm sitting here going still not her. No, is trying to make her look unstable and crazy and has been for a long time. And they're still doing it because I do not believe my homegirl would be finally getting to use her voice in court to fight against this ridiculous conservatorship and then would choose to do on social media what she's doing. She's she's too smart for that, and I do not believe that's what's going on. I still think – I know it's a conspiracy theory. I don't care. I still think somebody else is controlling her social media. You've been saying that for so long but now I think other people are starting to pick up on the fact that I'm seeing little sort of pockets of TikTok where they're like, this is not Brittany. I mean, the photo of her with like with no shirt on and her hands just covering her chest, almost showing her nipples and everyone sort of wanting to be like, yeah, free Brittany. She's finally showing her true self. But to your point, why would that be the message when she finally gets a little bit of freedom, a little bit of a voice. She finally gets a lawyer and representation. That's what she's posting. No, exactly. Exactly. My point. There has not been 
a video of her speaking about anything current in a, in since I have been following her on Instagram. So show me that, show me Brittany, come on and say these things that are being posted and I'll, I'll go, okay, maybe, but what I'm, what I'm seeing is a, is people filming a very overly medicated human being, right? Doing things that she doesn't even look like she knows she's doing. So they're taking advantage of her. I mean, that's what's happening. I mean, it's like if you're overly medicated and you're not sure like where you are in time and space and someone's photographing you with your shirt off, you're being taken advantage of. Exactly. And, you know, we've known for quite a long time that her conservatorship uses like taking away custody of her children as a way to control her, um, which is disgusting. And I don't believe that when she's going in to fight that this, that she would risk looking anything but completely together for her children. Right. Like I just don't believe it. Listen, if Britney Spears wants to post a topless photo, hi fucking five, you post that Britney, go ahead. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. I'm saying I don't believe that would be her course of action. I don't believe that she would show up in any of these ways because I remember early 2000s, late 90s Britney. And I remember how smart she is and how talented she is. And she wouldn't walk back and forth in a daze and on a TikTok or on right. Instagram. She would she would crush things. She wouldn't just like randomly dance. She would show you choreography. Like I do not think this is her. So if anyone would like to call me to help Britney, if anyone knows Britney, if anyone just wants to hear me ramble on for more hours about Britney, let me know and I'll be there. And the energy of it, like if you want to try to tie it into intuition, the energy of it, wear what you want to wear, be topless if you want to be topless. The energy of those posts is not okay. And it, it not only does it read as disingenuous, and not her, but it reads as like really, for lack of a better word, toxic. <laughs> Ooh, you did it again. <laughs> I did it again. No, for, seriously though, the energy of it is is gross. It doesn't read as like, oh, look at this woman asserting her independence. Oh, she finally is her true self. You look at it and you're like, oh my God, this isn't her. This isn't what she wants. It, you can read that in the photo. There is a very, energetically speaking, yes. and I only mean this energetically, her energy on social media reminds me very much of before he passed away, Michael Jackson's energy. Yes. There is a, a strange, like being brought back to a more childlike state. There's this like trauma regression. There's all this. And then there's this very clear feeling energetically to me of medication. Like, and we talked on the, I think it was the Indigo Crystals and Rainbow episode that we did about what that feels like and what you can see in an energy field when someone has a lot of medication in their system. That, they're very similar to me. So I don't know if they're on something similar or it's just the feeling that that everyone around them is controlling them and and taking advantage of them because I think that tracks for both. But it, it scares me that she may have that same fate because the energy matches too much. Well, and I'll take it one step further and say that I think both of their energy reads as definitely being medicated, but also being 
people who are on sort of on the on the edge of being like, do I want to tap out? Yeah. I like that your throat chakra died when you said that. I was like, don't say it, Jamie. <laughs> yes. Um, like, um, it feels like they don't like they're like like they're at their breaking point. Like, do I want to tap out? That's what I keep. That's what I think of when I look at Britney Spears is that she's always running through the the narrative of like, do I want to tap out? Exactly. It's very defeated. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's clear that there's no one around her who's a safe person. And I cannot imagine what that does to a person. So I'm just sending all the good energy and vibes to her that that will change and that she can get rid of all these toxic people who happen to be her family, which is disgusting, who are just trying to take advantage of her and, and maybe some beautiful, wonderful people will come in and help her. Yep. I want that for her. Yeah. Free Britney, baby. Yep. Free Britney. All right. Let's talk about interpreting dreams, Jay, because this is, this is the fun stuff, I think. And I think that if you can get these points that Heather is so good at teaching people about, it really can take what can feel like a very either crazy dream or a muddled dream or confusing dream. If you understand these main points, it's really going to help you understand what's going on in your dream. I think so. I think people, I think the fun part of interpreting a dream is to go, what does the symbol mean if I look it up? And I agree. And I do the same thing. However, if you add just a few more details of understanding in, into like how to apply stuff, you're going to understand so much more because if you, you could get three dream dictionaries and you're going to get different yes. interpretations, you know what I mean? So it's more important to have like this kind of base knowledge of what's actually going on. Um, and then look at the definitions and see which one feels intuitively right to you. Right. Okay. So this is what I think dreams are. This is the Heather theory. So I want everyone to understand that. But I also want you to know that this theory is, isn't just one that like, I just sat around and was like, you know what, I think today that this is what I think. It's one that like, I've done a lot of research. It's backed up by psychology and science. None of them proven, but this, I think this is a well-educated theory is what I'm trying to say. No, uh, No, I think it's spot on. Okay. Well, thanks, Jay. So what I think dreaming is, is like this symbolic playing out, if you will, of a communication between your subconscious mind and your conscious mind. Right. And the things that they choose to communicate are, are just running through you as you sleep, as you're in the different states of sleep. And when you're in the REM state, in the state where you're dreaming, there's this capacity for you to understand stuff and take it into waking life to assist you. Right. Think of all the stuff that your subconscious knows that your conscious mind doesn't know or doesn't want to know. Right. Exactly. <laughs> it's a long list. It's a lot. If you're an intuitive human, you probably enjoy exploring that, right? Like we dedicate quite a bit of our time to like understanding ourselves better and to healing and to evolving. So if you're, if you're somebody who does that, then your subconscious and conscious are very busy communicating with each other. Right, so exactly. I think that you're more likely to remember your dreams because you're already very, very invested and your, your whole being knows that that's important to you. 
Does that make right. sense? You're open to the idea of not only the processing of the information, but then like the interpretation of it to apply it. Exactly right. So here's a few details that inc- like really, really matter in dreams. Yes. Okay. First, what did you remember? Because you did not remember your whole dream. Your your memory, the way it works when you're awake, is not that part of your brain is not turned on in the same way. So, and we can see this in different scans, right? So, like we know what parts of the brain are lit up while you're dreaming, and the the part of your brain that remembers is barely or not lit up. Right. When you just had that dream, what part do you remember? What part stuck out? You're remembering the highlight reel. You're remembering the things that your your subconscious and conscious mind were not finished processing. Like it, you you purposely took that into being awake is what I'm trying to say. Sure, that's the good stuff. That's the important stuff. Yeah. So if you had a, you know, let's say you had a 20 minute dream, which is pretty close to an average for a dream time. Okay. Uh-huh. You are going to remember like, five to 10 seconds of that and not necessarily in the order that it was happening. Right. That's so crazy. Right. So what the parts that you remember are the parts that still need your attention, the parts that it would value you to think about while you were in the state of being awake. So what you remember, what you take from your, from your sleep to awake is really, really important because you're not finished with it. It's, it's of a value to you to continue to think about it and to continue to process it in the state of being awake. Right. So if you think it's weird and random, oh my God, I just woke up and I just remember this one piece of my dream. How weird is that? It's not weird. It's worth noting and exploring. Exactly. (laughs) The other details that I think are incredibly important, where are you in your dream? Because you you usually know this, but if you're not directly asked, you might not realize that you know where you are. So do you know what I mean by that? Like, so you might be dreaming and you might, someone's telling me their dream because they want me to help interpret it. Um, And I'll say, where are you? And they'll be like, I don't know. And I'll say, yes, you do. Where are you? And they'll go, oh, I'm, I'm in a field in, you know, this town and how weird. I didn't even realize I knew that. So ask yourself, where am I? Cause you know. Okay. The other thing is when in time is your dream taking place? Okay. So you could look at how old you are in your dream. All right. That might tell you, or more likely if you're in like your childhood home or you're in high school or like your dream has to do with a person that you, you knew pretty well back between 2005 and 2007, that is incredibly important information because the thing that you're processing probably started or the issue came about at that time. So it's a huge hint. Right. And so don't you say Heather that, Everything, in, and maybe you're going to get to this, and I apologize for jumping ahead like I always do. <laughs> but isn't everything in the dream about you, like, in the moment? So I know I know people want, like, if it's about their high school boyfriend, right, that, you know, someone might be like, oh, does that mean that I'm supposed to get back in touch with them or that they're really my soulmate? But really, it's more like what, like you just said, what was happening in your life at that time. It, it's not about them. It's about you. Exactly. That's, that's 
one of my theories. It's not, I didn't come up with it. It's a school of thought that everything happening in your dreams, and I'll put an asterisk, there's an, there's an exception that I'll mention in a second. Everything happening in your dreams is about you, including every other person and what's happening to them is a version of you. So if you have a dream about your high school boyfriend and you were dating your high school boyfriend in 1999, then you're if in your high school boyfriend um, loses his job, that is symbolically about you and relates to something that happened to you in 1999. Right. Exactly. You're not have. you're most likely not having a prophetic dream about your high school boyfriend. Right. Or like, or sometimes when I have a dream about someone and there's something remarkable about their character or their personality, then I'm like, it's not about, so-and-so it's about this part that I always associate with them, but, but, but that's about me, not about them. It's like that characteristic in me. Exactly. Right. So let's take the high school boyfriend thing, for example, too. Let's say if you were to describe that 1999 high school boyfriend, you were like, you know what? He was so spontaneous and fun and you were dreaming of something happening to him. It's the spontaneous and fun element of yourself. It's the way you see yourself or a lack of yourself that is being highlighted to you in the dream. That's why he's there. Right. Exactly. It does not mean you should text him. (laughs) (laughs) And certainly not if Mercury is retrograde. Definitely not if Mercury's in retrograde. Exactly right. Okay. So I thought that I would give you a few, I picked 10 symbols and dreams that I feel pretty confident telling you like this is most likely going to set you on the right track as an interpretation, even if it's not exactly that. Okay. Okay. So the first one is being lost or trapped. Oh. Yeah. Like lost in the like on the subway, like can't get to the right line, like the right subway line, or there's like all of a sudden there's a wall where there's supposed to be a opening. Ugh. Exactly. We've all had these dreams, right? So what yeah. this means is that you are feeling uncertainty in your life. Like you're having strong feelings of uncertainty in the dream is telling you what area symbolically, right? So if you're in a right. subway station, it's about how you're moving to the net from point A to point B. You have real uncertainty on, on your method to get there, right? So it, this is what is is coming across. It's not that you're going to get lost when you drive to the store today. It's that right. dreams are not that basic. Dreams are very deep, right? So if you had that dream, you don't have to be like, oh, no. I'm going to be uncertain about this for a while. That's not the point. The point is to go like, hey, your uncertainty in this area needs your attention, needs your conscious attention. The second one that I picked is dreaming of boxes. Oh. So, uh uh-huh. People will tell me about boxes in their dreams. And a lot of times they are, it's just like sort of a side detail. Like, oh, there was a box in my dream and they just keep moving on and the, like they're focusing more on the other stuff. But when I hear someone say there was a box, I'm like, <gasps> a box. Oh yeah. So a box in a dream means that you have actually picked up upon deception of somebody around you or a secret that you have is you're picking up that it's about to come out. Really? I don't think I often dream about boxes. This is incredible. <laughs> so a box 
think of it, think of it this way. There's something hidden inside a box. And if you see a box, your thought is to open the box, right? The most common element or common interpretation I would give when someone has a box in their dream is that they have picked up subconsciously that someone around them is deceiving them or not telling them the whole truth about something. Wow. I love this part. I love it. (laughs) This is so helpful. I know to you, Heather, it's normal, but it's so helpful. It's so helpful. So again, many times it's just like a side detail that somebody just mentions or is like, oh, there was a box in that dream because it's not always highlighted. But if you, if there's a box of any kind in your dream, that's most likely the interpretation. Wow. Okay. Have you ever had the dream, Jay, where you missed your transportation or you were really late to arrive somewhere? Yes, I have. <laughs> Which is it's like more of a nightmare for you, I think, because if you, you guys don't, don't know Jamie, if you don't, she is the most punctual person on the planet. Yeah. Chronically early is how I describe myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So this in a dream means that you have a lot of regret about something that you need to explore. So I would say, look at what you're late for. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Yep. Okay. How about the one where you're falling? I don't have dreams like that a lot, but I know lots of people do. I definitely have some dreams that I'm falling, but I want to say that it's different than the thing where you feel like you're falling when you fall asleep. Different things. Yes. Right. You're like jolting. Yeah. That's your body trying to test if you're asleep or awake or is your mind trying to test because it's not sure because you're in between. And so that's you going like, no, I'm awake. Don't paralyze me yet. That that flail is what that is. <laughs> <laughs> right. So this is like literally in your dream, you are falling off of a cliff or in somewhere. Um, and so that is a is kind of these they go together, but a feeling of being unsettled or a big fear of failure. Okay. Makes sense. Yep. How about being chased? Have you ever experienced that in a dream, Jay? Um, I mean, I think a few times, but that's not one of my predominant themes. That makes sense. Cause I, I think, but I think some people will be like, I am always being chased in my dreams. What the heck? I think it's like, it's something you get a lot or you don't get very often. Right. And so Agreed. this, this is representative of anxiety. So if you're feeling anxious, you're going to be chased in your dreams. And I, here's why I want you to understand how much that makes sense. Because anxiety is a is trouble being in the present and sitting in whatever a present feeling or situation is. Okay? Right. Yep. So anxiety energetically is like a ping pong ball going between the past and the future and not settling in the present. Right? I know I'm oversimplifying something very big and serious, but just for right. these purposes. Right. So you're literally running away from something that's trying to get your attention. So being chased in the dream is part of that. Spoiler alert. If you're able to be lucid enough in your dream to see, turn around and see who's chasing you. If it's a person nine times out of 10, it's going to be yourself. Just letting you know. Whoa, really? Mm-hmm. You will be able to see your face, but you realize it's you. Yeah. Remember you can't see your own self in a dream. But, and then what if you, what if you know in your dream, who's chasing you, that would then mean something also, and again, not like that particular person or, but like what that represents, right? Exactly. The person chasing you is symbolic. So like, let's say for example, your husband is chasing you in a dream. Then 
your issue and anxiety has something to do with an issue with your husband or something that your husband represents to you. Gotcha. Yeah. Also, if, if you're being chased in your dream and it's just that you're being chased, then the anxiety is is lesser. If you're being chased and you're going to die, like the person's going to murder you, then you feel like facing this issue is not something you can handle. Okay. Got it. How about the teeth dream? Have you ever had the, the dream where all your teeth fell out? Oh, I haven't in a long time, but I used to be plagued by teeth dreams, teeth falling out, teeth being loose. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I would, I had these dreams a lot as a teenager, but I haven't in a long time. And what they represent is insecurity. Oh, shocking. It's weird. Yeah. Shocker. <laughs> um, <laughs> how about water, Jay? Do you dream about water often? I don't. So I, one of my favorite things is when somebody is telling me about a dream and there's a body of water in it, because I always ask this question. I'm like, what, what was the water like? <laughs> and they're like, what do you mean? They'll say like, oh, I had this dream. I was, I was by the ocean. I was on the beach. And I'm like, wait, what was the water like? <laughs> and they're like, well, that's not what it was about. I'm like, yeah, it was. What was it about? So water in your dreams represents emotion. Right. So if the, if the water, let's say you're by the ocean and it's very calm and peaceful, then that, that is how you're feeling about whatever you're dreaming about. Okay. If it's choppy, if it's trying to kill you, if it's like fine. And then all of a sudden there's a big wave, you know, tsunami that comes, those are all telling you things about your emotional state. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Yeah. So one of, so so it seemed like someone's just in passing mentioning there was a box when someone says something about water. I'm like, what was the water doing? What was happening with the water? It's probably interesting that whatever you're focusing on. (laughs) Right, right, right. (laughs) All right. I know you love this one, Jamie. So I made sure to include it. If there is a building of some kind in your dream. Yes, we have to talk about this. I, I have I have points I'm going to make you bring up, and this was one of them. <laughs> okay. If you have a dream and there's a building, like a house or like a warehouse or any any sort of building, this represents you and your body. Yes. This is so important. This is so important. <laughs> so what's happening in the house? What's the condition of the house? What part of the house are you in? This is representing you physically. The other element of this is that in case you're like panicked because you just had a dream about a dilapidated old building or the building burned down, I, I want to tell you that in the, in the case that the building is failing, you're, it's not that your body is failing. It's that you're, it's sort of like a rebirth kind of dream. Like you're about to let go of a bunch of old stuff that is no longer serving you. You're about to release that energy from your body or you are releasing it in the dream. So don't panic. Yeah. Dreams are not meant to scare you. I mean, nightmares are, but like you're, they're not meant to be like the scary warning to you. They're meant to give you information that is helpful. Exactly. Exactly. And once you know it, the, like this part, it's going to be so helpful. Yeah. So when someone's like, okay, I had this dream. I was, I was in this, I was in my childhood home. I'm like, wait, <laughs> <laughs> First of all, it's a childhood home, so we know that there's a an issue affecting your body from your childhood, right? Right. 
I'm like, what was the house? What was the condition of the house? And they're like, no, that wasn't the important part, Heather. It was that, you know, this <laughs> from when I was five was there. I'm like, okay, we'll get to that in a minute. But please describe the condition of the house. What room were you in? Right? right. If you were up on like in your bedroom and that was up on the second floor, then we're talking about an issue that's in the upper part of your body. Like it's that literal. Exactly. Or if you're in the kitchen, that's yeah. going to mean something else. It's going to, it's going to be your gut. It's going to be your belly. Like everything is representing stuff. If you're in the basement, you're in your subconscious baby, right? Like everything is representing something. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Yes. Right. Okay. The other one that I think is really interesting that's similar is if you dream about a car or some kind of vehicle. Yes. This is my next point that we have to talk about again, like the train, if you're on a train, the subway, a car, uh, if you're on a skateboard, like this is important too. Yes. So this represents how you're journeying, right? So hear that not in like such a super literal sense, but like whatever your goals are, whatever the things you're trying to manifest, whatever the things are you want for your life, we spend so much time looking at getting them that we forget to focus on how we're getting there in the state that we're in when we get there. And we just sort of like force ourselves into the shape of having the new thing. And so quite often your, your beautiful intuitive self will try to in, like give you a heads up that the way you're journeying needs an adjustment, yes. right? So if you have a dream where you are riding in like this beautiful car that you really, really love, then the sign there is, first of all, you're probably doing a pretty good job in the journey, but also imagine yourself already having the thing that you want. That's what that's what's trying to be communicated, right? If you're driving somewhere and your car breaks down, I had a dream pretty recently that um, all four of my tires went flat. <laughs> It doesn't mean you're going to necessarily get a flat tire tomorrow. It's much more likely to mean that you're not taking care of the the actual treads that are getting you where you're going, right? Yeah, exactly. So it, there's so much. Like if if you're dreaming and all of a sudden the, the gas pedal's down and you can't hit the brake, <laughs> there is symbolism to that. Like pay attention. Right. The last dream I had about that was that I was trying to get somewhere in a subway system And I couldn't even get on the train. Like I couldn't even find my way through all the, you know, underground walkways to get to the train. And I was like, Heather, I can't even, I can't even get to the mode of transportation. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And what's so beautiful about that is that you have two of the, of my 10 here in that, which you were lost on your way to finding the transportation. Like it's so beautifully symbolic, right? Yeah. And the train is also underground. Like I thought was felt like I was, everything was like dark and I knew I was underground. So I was like, okay, like all this symbolism is adding up to a story that we need. Exactly. Exactly. And if you know the basis for it, like, okay, well, if I'm feeling lost, then there's something that I'm uncertain about. And I was lost on my way to getting on a train that was underground. So I'm lost in how I'm going to get from where I am to where I need to go. So I want to look at that and it, it's underground. So it's it's not so much that I need to have an outside plan. It's that I need to have an inside plan. And if you can, if you can pick that from a dream, you just did so much self-worth work. Right. And like you were asleep for most of it. That's awesome. Exactly. (laughs) All right. My last one, my last interpretation is death. Okay. 
there's this weird theory that if you die in a dream, you're going to die in real life. That is so not true. Death in a dream is actually a really good sign. But again, I think there's that cultural poisoning of what death is that we have. So I think it's, it's making people think things like that. But all it means is that something is ending and something new is beginning. So very common time for someone to have a dream that they died is when they're, where they're about to start a new job or they're, they know that they need to leave the job they have, but they kind of know it, but they're not fully admitting it to themselves or just something is ending and a new thing is beginning. That's right. all that means. You're leaving a relationship. That's the same as the getting the death card in the, in a tarot reading people panic, but that's actually just, that can be a very good thing. Exactly. Right. And I would be remiss in speaking of dream interpretation, if I didn't mention Freud mm-hmm. and Carl, Carl Jung, because they are like the pioneers of interpreting dreams and they both have their own methods of doing it. If you're, if you love dream interpretation, I would say, go look those up. Yep. I will tell you that I don't, I don't fully believe either one of them is completely right. And I also think that they both are right. <laughs> right. Exactly. Dream. Inter- have- oh, go ahead. I- I have to make you do one last one though, Heather. Oh, go ahead. Which one? This one, this dream that I always have, and I know you've had it too. And I think a lot of people have it and we have to, you have to explain it for the people. Okay. What does it mean when you're a 42 year old woman and you're dreaming about realizing that you never finished classes in college and that you've never actually finished the degree that you have? Yes. Such a common dream. I have this all the time too. So fun. It's really not stressful at all. Not at all stressful. Okay. So if you're, if you didn't finish a test or you didn't finish graduating, you didn't finish class, what you're, what is being communicated to you is that you feel unprepared for something coming up in your life. And if you're able to look back and find the hints that are in your dream as to like, where are you? Are you in college? Are you in high school? Um, is, does it look like the actual place you went to or does it look different and how so? Mm-hmm. Um, what What is the thing that you're majoring in? These are all hints. Now, most people know as soon as I say, oh, you're not feeling prepared for something. They're like, oh, <laughs> it's this project at work or right. having a child or whatever. You know what I mean? So it, it's usually pretty obvious, but you can look to the dream for some hints and actually some clues on what to do. Like, what did you do to get through it? I know for me, in those dreams, most of the time I'm faking it till I make it like trying to pretend I know what I'm doing. And so then go for that in real life. Right. Absolutely. All right. Thank you. I just think that that's, I think that's a good one. I love that one. I have it all the time too. Um, People who like to be in control of things tend to have that dream a lot. (laughs) Cause that's your worst nightmare. Exactly. So if you want, if you want more about interpreting dreams, get yourself a couple of dream journals or dream books. They're, they're fun. Um, you can Google it. There's so many different cool websites and stuff. Just don't take anything at, at face value. Like if you read an interpretation of a symbol or an animal or something in your dream and you're like, that doesn't, that doesn't feel right or make sense. Then find another one that does. There's nothing wrong with that. That's how you should do it. All right. I want to talk about how you can remember your dreams better because people ask me this all the time. Okay. I am someone who is very easy for me to remember dreams. That's not something that is difficult. And what I would like to say is that that's just a a design, like the way that you operate. Either you do remember them easily or you don't. 
So there's not, you're not doing anything wrong. It doesn't necessarily mean that your chakras are blocked. It could. (laughs) Exactly. But it's not everyone is super actively remembering dreams. Some people are just natural naturals at that. I just happen to be. Okay. But there are definitely things you can do to remember better if you're a natural or you can't ever, you've never remembered a dream. There's certainly things you can do. The first one is to have a notebook and a pen by your bed. Because the the longer space between when you dreamed and the more you move around, like physically, um, the less you're going to remember. So if you have it right there and you can scribble a few notes, I frequently wake up and I'm like, what the heck did I write? I can't even read that. But that is incredibly, incredibly helpful. Even if you only rarely write in it, the fact that you have placed it there, like you're saying, is important for me to remember this stuff, will make your brain place more importance on remembering your dreams. Right. My my ego, as soon as I like get up out of bed, it's gone. My ego's like, we don't want this information. This is scary. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll write it in my phone as soon as I wake up. And that way it stays really fresh. Absolutely. And the the same sort of goes for telling somebody else about your dreams, even if they can't interpret it for you. Like, I had this weird dream and you say it out loud. You're going to notice when you're saying it out loud that you're remembering more elements of it than when you did before. And people always be like, I don't know if I'm making this up and adding to my dream or if I just remembered more, but I feel like, and I'm like, no, you're, you're remembering more as you're saying it because your brain is rerunning it. Make sense? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Okay valuing it. So the more you go like, Oh, I had this dream. I want to make sure I think about it or look up the symbolism or see how it could apply to my life. The more you do that again, the more your brain prioritizes remembering it. Right. Exactly. Get energy work for sure. I know I I made a joke about block chakras, but I would say people's third eye, it gets gunky because life is ridiculous. And so like having your some energy work done to get your chakras flowing well and especially clearing the third eye is going to absolutely help. Some people have their third eye way too open and some people have it shut with like a lock. <laughs> so having that done is really helpful. Absolutely. When you're doing Reiki to people, do do they ever ask you about like third eye and dream? Like how how often are the people seeking this? Not often. I don't often hear people specifically looking for help with dreams. Um, But I do hear after the fact, they report back to me that their dreams are more vivid or that they're now able to remember them. So it's not something that people look for help with, but they see the effects of it after. So that's cool. So it ends up being like a side effect, a good side effect of having the energy work that they sought for another reason. Exactly. Yes. Awesome. Okay. So get some Reiki. If you, if you're not remembering, get some Reiki and tell your Reiki practitioner, if it's Jamie or whoever it is, say like, I'm really working on trying to remember my dreams because that's, I would imagine Jamie, that that's going to make you do the energy work a little bit different or look for things, or maybe even be able to give them some tips. Right. Absolutely. I mean, Reiki goes where it needs to go, but you can certainly focus where you're sending the energy or how you're um, sort of aligning the chakras together during the session. I, I would, I would do things a little bit differently in a session if I knew that someone wanted support with dreams. Yeah, you would just like hammer them in the, the third eye. Yeah, <laughs> love it. Okay. The other thing that you can do is that you can understand your sleep chronotype. Yes. 
Now, I didn't. I knew nothing about this until I started researching dreams for the podcast. I had never yeah, heard I nothing about it until you had me take the quiz. Okay, so there's a quiz you guys can take. We'll put it in the show notes for you so you can find out what your sleep chronotype is. And what this really is is the type of um, circadian rhythm that your body naturally has right. and associate it with an animal. And so I don't want to like go super far into this to bore everyone, but I'm going to explain what each one is, take the quiz, and then you can get lots more information on it. Because if you know this, then you can actually try to make sure you're going to sleep at different times or like doing different things as you're going to bed that are going to improve your sleep. And the better you sleep, the more actively you dream. Right. Exactly. Okay. So the first chronotype is the bear. Um, This was mine. Okay. And this is that your sleep and wake cycle goes according to the sun. Oh, that makes sense. The sun rising wakes you up. The sun setting starts to make you sleepy. Like the sun is giving you these cues and your body is naturally responding to it. Something that I thought was interesting is that people with this um, chronotype have the most trouble with jet lag because the sun is now doing something before. That's interesting. And that tracks for me. I am like annihilated by jet lag all the time. Wow. Yeah. Interesting, right? The second one is the wolf. And this is, this makes me think of a lot of teenagers. So this is trouble waking up early. So like, it's very, very difficult for your body to wake up early. Um, Your peak productivity is at noon. And then um, from, oh, I'm sorry, from noon to four. And then again at 6 p.m. I thought that was okay. The lion is number three. So that is you rise early before dawn and then you're best until about noon and you should go to sleep between nine and 10 PM. Wow. Yeah. This is basically morning people. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a very specific archetype of, of person. Yes. And the last one is the dolphin, which I believe is yours, right, Jay? Yeah, that's me. Okay. So this is trouble with the sleep schedule at all, very sensitive to noise and light. And the peak productivity times are between 10 a.m. and 2 p.m. Yep. That's me. Okay. So if you know which chronotype you are, you can take steps to make it so that you sleep better according to your own natural circadian rhythm. I'm going to, I'm going to reel in a tangent here, but I'm going to just, I'm just going to put it out for a minute. (laughs) All right. Let's hear it. It drives me crazy when people do stuff like this is how, if you want success, you should go to bed at this time and you should wake up at this time and you should do that. Like as if we're all designed the exact same way, it really drives me crazy. So if you beat yourself up because you can't get up at 4am and meditate and journal for three hours, then I'm here to tell you that your circadian rhythm doesn't support that. And you should listen more to your own self. I love this tangent. Go off on it. I'm I'm fully in support of this. I am that person that can't be up in with the sun, can't meditate for six hours for you know probably a myriad of reasons. And listening to someone tell you you have to do X, Y, and Z is probably always going to be problematic. Yeah, you know what? If you are like, you know what works good for me is that I do this. I get up at four a.m. I meditate. I drink celery, cabbage, water, and journal (laughs) for four hours. Like, and you're like, it really helps my day and it makes me feel better. Awesome. High five, Lisa, or whoever you are. That's so good for you. 
But as long as you're not telling everyone that they should do that, then we're good. (laughs) Well, the thing is, is that you're trying to tell someone to do intuitive work in a very like patriarchal way. Like it's literally the opposite of intuition that the same thing would work for everybody. Why would all human beings be designed to have the same exact hours of productivity? How would that make a society run? That makes absolutely no sense. No, that's how you get capitalism to run. <laughs> that's how that's how you make tons of money for billionaires is by being on the same schedule, doing the same thing every single day for the rest of your life until you die. Yeah, it's bullshit. Don't buy it. Listen to your own circadian rhythm. Learn what works for you. I am like, no wonder when people ask me to do things at like 9 p.m. that I'm like, what? The sun has been down for an hour. (laughs) Like it does not, my body doesn't think that that's the best thing to do. So like if you understand that about yourself and give yourself a pass, instead of trying to smash yourself into operating in a different way, you could just like appreciate your own circadian rhythm. I think you'd be better off. Agreed. Okay. So just to wrap it up, I wanted to tell you, I made a list of like six sort of like supernatural-esque kind of dreams that I thought I could just like say there's some different types and it's also normal to have these. Okay. All right. The first one is a premonition or a prophetic dream. Yep. I, I would also like to say that these kinds of dreams are way less common than just a dream where your your subconscious and conscious mind are communicating something to you. <laughs> but and I think it's very clear, right? That it's that that's what's happening. It's you know it. They're very different. Very different. Yeah. So if you're like beating yourself up because you're not having a premonition in your dream like twice a week, I, I'm here to tell you that even the most premonition-y of us don't have that happen. <laughs> right, exactly. That's not a super common thing. Can you have a premonition or see some sort of prophetic vision in your dreams? I believe that you can. Yes. I have, I read many, many accounts of other people doing it. I have experienced it before. Um, It's interesting and weird to be honest. Yeah. Right. But it's not, it's not happening every night while you sleep. No, 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 definitely not. The second one is a visitation dream. That's what I call it. That's when you are visiting with a, a, a loved one that has passed away, an ancestor or spirit, however you want to say that. Again, not super common. Even for people who I know who are mediums that are doing mediumship every day will tell you, I was so excited. I actually had a visitation dream. You know, that's rare. It is. And again, I think it's very clear when it's happening and how it's different from your quote unquote, like average dream. I've had visitation dreams. Um, I've had one, no, two visitation dreams from my father. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's very different than when I just dream about my dad. Completely different. Dramatically different. You know, you wake up and you absolutely know that it was different. Exactly right. And, And I would say that the biggest way you would know that is what, what emotionally it felt like. Exactly. Right. If emotionally it's like, you're like, oh my God, my dad is hugging me. I missed you so much. You're feeling what it would feel like to, in a wake life, get a hug from him. Then that is a visit dream. If you're dreaming of him and he's telling you something and you're not in a super emotional state, then that is just a, a dream with information that your dad is representing something. Absolutely. I, I woke up from my visitation dream in literal sobs, like sobbing. Yeah. 
definite visitation dream. I wish it happened more often than it does, but it it does happen. And again, it's not super common. So I don't want you to be like, oh, that never happens to me. It's rare for anybody to experience that. Exactly. Mine always happen in the, in the same room. Like I'm in a physical room. It's always the same if it's a visitation dream. So just throw that out. Yeah. Reoccurring dreams. Definitely supernatural tie to why that is keep that keeps happening. Yes. You might be missing something, but here's the thing. A lot of people think a reoccurring dream is just because you like the information that you got from your dream. You didn't fully interpret or interpret correctly. This is not true because yeah. you're, you will just dream similar, but like with different circumstances, your, your, your brain is not that stupid to think that it should do like, you didn't get it the first time that way. So I'm just going to replay it. <laughs> right. A reoccurring dream is most, I, in my opinion, most definitely a supernatural experience. And there's something happening in the dream. My theory, and I can't back this up on anything except intuition is that there's some sort of healing or something, some sort of trigger for you that occurs during that dream that you continuously need. So you continuously experience it until you don't need that anymore. Exactly. I agree with that theory. I've been having a reoccurring dream. It's yep. been about two weeks and almost every night I remember having it. So there you go. There's a deer rabbit. I guess that's called a jackalope, but in my dream it's called a deer rabbit. Right. So you never processing that information. So you're still having the dream. Exactly. I still need it. So there you go. Right. Um, Lucid dreaming is another one, which we're going to talk about in our next episode next week. We're going to go into that and astral travel because they're both amazing. Um, A lucid dream is just that you're aware in your dream and you're sort of like, you're, you're causing what you want to happen in the dream. Right. And in all different levels of awareness, sometimes you're just aware you're dreaming and you have no control. That's still a lucid dream. And then I would say like black belt level of a lucid dream would be like actually creating exactly what you want for a dream. Right. Number five is healing dreams. So these are dreams in which you are physically healing from something. Um, And also energetically healing, not just physically, but there's actual healing taking place while you're having this dream. And a lot of times people wake up from those dreams and they say something like, I think I just shifted timelines or something. Everything feels different. (laughs) A lot of times that you you just had a healing dream where you literally did heal and like change frequency because of it. Right. Um, And then lastly, a dream with guidance in it, like some sort of divine guidance, you know, whether you see it as angels or God or some sort of deity or just some sort of figure that came to give you guidance or maybe a spirit or something where you receive some advice or help. Um, also I would categorize as like a supernatural dream. Yep. Um, and then lastly, I just want to say that scientists don't really know that much about dreams, but they, they do, they do look into it a lot more in the last like 20 years. Have people gone like, I actually think those ancient Egyptians and, and, Mesopotamians were onto something and that dreams are incredibly important. (laughs) Right. Well, we talk about this so often and I'm sure we'll talk about it with the astral travel and the lucid dreaming, but there's only so much you can measure with science. And so at some point you have to just sort of take it for what it's worth and then make your own decisions about it. Exactly. Right. So there you go. That's what I have about dreams. Anything else? Did I get all the points that you wanted? Can I, can I add anything else in Jamie? No, I, I made you hit all of them. 
Oh, you're so good. Okay. So try, take the quiz. Yep. Maybe we could post something online where you can, you know, like say which one you are. Yeah. We'd love to know. Um, and then look into that and get a, put a dream journal by your bed and tell someone out loud what your dream was. Those little things are going to help you remember your dreams much better. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, sweet dreams. Maybe we should go take a nap and see if we could have like a great dream about something and then tell each other and interpret it. What do you think? I am always up for a nap. So yes. (laughs) Okay. Awesome. See you later, Jay. Thanks, Heather. Can I ask everyone listening to do us a favor? Can you please go wherever you're listening to this, whatever platform you listen to the IGG on, can you go on for us, please? And like, whatever it's asking you to do, like, like, follow, download, rate, write a review. We would love for you to do that for us. Hey, thanks for listening to our episode. For show notes and a place to send feedback, please visit our website, embodylove.me slash intuitivegirls. Again, that's embodylove.me slash intuitivegirls.